Today's guest is Ace Kakayasu. She is a narrative writer and director, and she was a BIPOC TV and film 2023 delegate. Thank you for joining me today, Ace. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for those who have not met you, uh, had an opportunity to talk to you, share a bit about where you're from, who you are, and what you do. For sure. So my name is Ace. I'm a narrative writer and director from Turkey, and I'm currently based in Toronto in Canada. And uh, I started in the industry out as an assistant director, and now I'm transitioning into full-time directing and writing. Um, and I'm still an emerging writer and director. So I'm really excited to talk about how I got here today. Yeah, so is this something you have always wanted to do when you were you know, in primary school, high school? This is something you knew you were going to do? Yeah, so my case is very like uh, specific because I was actually seven when I knew I wanted to do this. At that time, I didn't know exactly what the position is even called, but I watched this one film which really impressed me. And I saw that film, it really moved me. And I knew that, oh, whatever that is, I want to do that. So it's kind of was like love at first sight for me. And then from age seven to all the way now was more so like me working, trying to figure out like, how can I get in this industry? Is it actually possible to have a job in this industry? Because I feel like our industry is very like, you're either in the bubble or you're not. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a Nepo baby, you don't know anyone. Mm. It can be very intimidating. So from that time, I really work hard to get into it. Yeah. So you did you pick um, your school based on that, based on the program they had? Uh, how did you pick where you went to college? So I went to uh, the University of Toronto for mathematics, actually. <laughs> so it was really unrelated. Um, but I think the more people you meet in the industry, the more people you see that kind of have similar path to mine, where since um, or job doesn't really get taken seriously, my parents are super academic. And they were like, no, you need to have like a proper degree. And I feel like a lot of people go through that, whether it's like a degree in um, media or something kind of related. Mine just happens to be like super unrelated. <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I get that. I'm a, as a parent, I get that, right? And as my my parents, when I went to school, I I understand right there. They want to make sure that if the acting or directing or filmmaking thing doesn't work out, that they have something more concrete to fall back on. Um, sure. How did you spin that though into you know, uh, you, you, you've done, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you did both your bachelor's and your master's. What was, did, did you do the master's in film then? No, so I didn't do a master's. Okay. I just did a bachelor and then I was like, I'm out. I, don't want to do it. <laughs> I get that. I understand that. So then how did you spin that into what you're doing now? How did you take your mathematics degree and, and make it work? So uh, I would say my mathematics degree really helped me be very um, problem solving oriented which has helped me in different production roles, such as producing. So for example, producing is very much based on like um, being logical, being organized, solving the problems that come up your way. So it has really helped me in that sense. But as a director so far, it hasn't really helped me to be honest. So I wouldn't really recommend people to go through something very unrelated. 
because I do believe I'm a firm believer that um, if you really love what you do, you will find a, a way to make a living out of that mm. because you will be working very hard. So in that sense, I do feel that I lost quite a bit of time like pursuing that degree. So what I was doing when I uh, reached my third year was, oh, like I'm here studying math, but I really want to be like here all, all the way away in a different field. So I actually started going to people's sets for free, um, just like being a production assistant, being a camera assistant, whatever I could find, honestly, um, I took up just so I can get to meet some people in the industry and like learn a little bit about the skills, which has really helped me because by the time I had graduated, I already had like connections. Hmm. That's very smart, right? That not a lot of people take advantage of that when they're in school that they uh, go to clubs or, or volunteer or find those opportunities to make those connections. It's so critically important. Otherwise you're, you graduate and then what do you do, right? How do you find your way in? Um, so did those connections pay off when you, you try to get you? So, I mean, I'm not, I'm in IT, right? I'm in information technology. I'm not in filmmaking. With filmmaking, is it a steady work or is it more kind of freelance on a project by project basis? So it's uh, definitely freelance. You can get uh, also steady work in terms of like, you can be like a um, kind of office production assistant where you're doing more so like kind of like managing jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Managing, um, we need to find this background actors. We need to get their lunch. Where are we going to get lunch from? We need to make sure we're on budget, like stuff like this. You can get more steady work, but definitely uh, for other positions, it's like freelance, which is kind of a... Um, love and hate relationship for all of us I would say because for example the strikes that just ended because of that the work was very slow for a lot of people mm -hmm. so you just never know you have to like keep your savings so that in case there's a strike like this yeah wow, that's that's a good point so was there any any specific challenge you've you've you I know you're still early um any challenges that you're finding for getting those opportunities besides the strike the strike would be a big one so I would say definitely as an early career artist you are treated in a different way sometimes because some jobs like right off the bat would say like don't apply if you don't have 10 years of experience which I think people face in every single industry um, and it just sucks because you're like oh like, I just want to get started, but the, all these jobs ask for all of these experience mm -hmm. that I don't have. Um, so a good way that I was able to get some experience, as I said, was through volunteering, which is, of course, not sustainable if you're starting your career later on. Like, as a student, I had my parents' support, so I was able to do that. But if I was to do that right now, I wouldn't be able to sustain it. So I would suggest just meet as many people as possible since this is an industry where people like to choose who they work with. So if you're reliable, trustworthy, they might say like, oh, you don't have all the experience, but you know what? Like, we'll teach you because we trust you and all of that. That's that's really good advice. Um, so, so what's something that, you know, as you've experienced this, is there a, is, what would you suggest is a way that would make it even, e you know, it would be easier. Like I, you get, that's a great suggestion. People should earlier on get involved in, in ways. 
is that the way it should be? I mean, like if you had the power to change it, to make it different, uh, what, what might that look like? Well, I would say change the way film schools run because my initial plan was to, okay, I have to do this degree, but then afterwards I can definitely go for like a year, get some film school education and I'll be ready to join the industry. Mm -hmm. But then I realized through talking to people who were in film school that, oh, these people are not really like getting a realistic experience because film is a very hands-on um industry so you have to experience you have to hold those c-stands like those equipments that we have which by the way keep changing mm -hmm. so the equipment that the film school has which is like from 20 years ago is not relevant anymore and i heard that it's very theory theory based theoretical whereas film is very practical of course you need the theory but you can also learn that through a book mm -hmm. which is what i did so I would say if film schools were able to change themselves and offer more practical experience to kids and also offer offer like connections, networking events, um, getting some real industry people to come to talk at the school, mm. I think that would have bridged the gap between the students and joining the industry. Mm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's a similar challenge in many fields. Like I, I I went to school for computer science, and I would say the exact same thing. What I learned in school was not what I actually did. And so it's a lot of theory and strategy and high level or or low level knowledge that didn't directly relate to what I needed to do for, to get the job. So that's that's really good advice. Yeah, where do you, so what's, what's, how does this work for you? What, what's the career plan you see, you know, you, when you envision your future, um, how do you see that taking, taking off? How's that going to work? So for me, um, right now my day job is ADing, which is assistant directing. Um, I have like a lot of experience in that, but directing is a little different in terms that uh, it takes very long. As I said, it, it takes like 10 years to establish yourself to get all these shorts up, get them in festival rounds, win some awards so that finally people can really recognize you as a director. But I'm a firm believer that you should call yourself what you are from the start. Hmm. Like I always say like, hi, my name is Ace, I'm a director. Even though I'm early career, I think it's important because that's how you present yourself to the world. And in the future, I wanna be ideally making features for a living. And to me, um, that means the world, because for me, the film that I fell in love with made me feel something. And that's the same feeling that I want to be able to provide to other people. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I should have asked this question earlier, but I'm going to ask now because because it's directly related to the experience you had watching the film. What is that? What is the role the director brings to that experience? How the the viewer feels it? For sure. So the director, you can kind of call the director the god. Because what we do here is really like create a world. The best example of this would be, for example, an animation movie. 
it might be kind of hard to understand like, oh, these people are creating a world with uh, real life humans because the acting is so realistic that most of the time people don't even realize and they shouldn't realize because that's the magic of it. But in an animation, for example, you have all these characters that essentially do not exist um, that the director just imagines. And then from their imagination, it comes to life. And if they're good at what they're doing, they lead every single department to follow the vision in a very cohesive way so that at the end of the day, we deliver a very pleasurable and very realistic experience to the audience and we make them feel what are that's supposed to be uh, feeling scared for a genre that's horror or feeling um, stimulated for like psychological thriller we deliver the emotion of the genre and the emotion that the director initially wanted the audience to feel. And if all goes well, the audience leaves um, the cinema feeling all these emotions and not even realizing that, oh, this isn't actually real. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. So I would assume then the director then based on that vision and and managing to that vision also has a lot of say in say the music, the yes. sound effects that are leveraged and, and all those, cause, I mean, you're in film, so you would know, right? Those pieces can totally uh, bomb a scene or make the scene impactful. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I gave you a very like metaphorical yeah. definition of a director. Now I'll give you more like a step-by-step -step computer science version. So. <laughs> Basically, the director, most of the time they write. So for example, I'm a writer and director, I like to shoot my own scripts. Doesn't mean that I won't shoot other people's script. But usually when you write your own script, you're more familiar with it because every piece that's written comes from your heart, right? So it's like part of you. Um, so they write the script or they will break it down if it's someone else's script then they will, um, you know, there's all these departments. So think of them like little armies. There's an army of art. There's an art department. They're responsible for doing the production design. So if we don't have enough budget, for example, we will make this room look like a hospital room. So they are in charge of that. And then there's a cinematography department who is in charge of the camera moves and the lighting and how it's going to look and how it's going to how the lighting is going to feel. So there's more departments like this, as you said, like sound um, and all of that. And the director is essentially like the person that's above all of these departments. So these people are professionals, right? This is not to say that the director knows better than everyone. But it just means that the director is like the orchestra um, person that guides everyone hmm. so that everyone can play on the same chord and the music will sound like perfect. Same thing with film, like everyone can follow the same vision and the film will look cohesive. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I, I really appreciate it, uh, Ace. There's a lot I've learned from you on this and I am going to follow your career and I cannot wait to see what films that you produce in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jeremy.